today on CityCast Madison. Wisconsin has the largest budget surplus in history, more than $7 billion. And this week, Democratic Governor Tony Evers laid out his vision for what to do with that pot of money during his budget address. But that's only half the story. Republicans control the legislature, and they have their own plans with what to do with a record surplus and the next state budget. It's Friday, February 17th. I'm Dylan Brogan, and here's what Madison's talking about. It's Friday, so we're rounding up the news this week for you, and we're going to talk about the state budget this week. Bianca, always nice to see you. Good morning. Good morning. Nice to see you. I don't know what you were doing uh, Wednesday night, but I was tuning into the governor's big budget address. Uh, it wasn't everybody? I was on Twitter, so I was seeing lots of photos from uh, reporters on the Capitol. But yes, obviously, us folks in media pay a lot more attention to that. That doesn't mean the implications aren't big for everybody. Absolutely. It's, it's massive. It's kind of the big Super Bowl of politics, and we kind of knew what the governor was going to propose. He was putting stuff out all week, but, uh, but a few things surprised me. Is there? What were your first reactions after you read about the news? It just felt like a very, a very heartening speech. I mean, politicians are, are good at that, um, but just recognizing the pandemic's impact on everyone in the state, particularly parents and students. It's kind of fun to have a surplus that big. (laughs) It's like a pretty rosy picture that we have so much money to spend. So it's nice to hear, you know, that local governments across the state are going to be getting funding. Yeah, there's this record surplus. And that means there's this one time money where the, the state gets to actually make some investments in things. And it's not about cutting and uh, tightening budgets. It's about, hey, maybe there's some problems that we can actually address right now. What I think is interesting about this budget thing is, you know, Governor Evers talks a good game, and I love that his uh, brand is boring, and he certainly lived up to that, but it's what to be expected. But he's definitely putting forth some ideas and is hoping that Republicans go along with at least some of it, because what comes next, right? They 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 get to craft their own budget, and they don't have to listen to him. Yeah. Well, it's funny, because listening to him, it didn't come off as boring to me, but maybe it's because stability feels really nice right now. <laughs> Obviously, all of the opportunities that are coming for people to get the relief that they need feels really exciting. But we know like how complicated this process is and how many interests are at stake. I feel like we need someone who is at the Capitol every day to talk to. We can do that. How about Mitch Smith with the Wisconsin State Journal? He's a he's a government reporter. We could give him a buzz. Great. Well, hello there, Mitch. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Well, let's get right to it. So Wisconsin, record surplus heading into this big budget debate that's happening this year. That's a really good thing for the state. A decade ago, huge changes came to Wisconsin because of budget deficits. Now we're in the opposite situation. Governor Evers says Wisconsin's in the best financial shape it's ever been in. How exactly did that happen? There's a couple factors at play. We've been going through the uh, COVID-19 pandemic and the amount of just federal funding that's flooded into the state through that. In addition to that, you've got, you know, uh, additional funding through like Medicaid and uh, other components as well, which ultimately sets the stage for this huge pot of one-time money 
as we start to craft the next two-year budget. And, and I think that the term one time is kind of an important distinction there because I think both sides, yeah, while they've got their individual proposals or plans, it is important for everybody to kind of keep in mind that this is not a reoccurring $7 billion. Good point to make. And Darn uh, it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, if, if only things were this good. Uh, and I'm a little mad at Republican Speaker Robin Voss for stealing my joke, but he talked about how Evers' budget address on Wednesday night, what he heard was like what Oprah said uh, back in the day, right? You get a car and you, you get a billion. And, and I think that's actually not a, a bad way to frame the argument here. So Maybe we just first talk about what are all these cars that Governor Evers is supposedly giving away? Some of the big ones that uh, the governor has proposed, you know, some of those he's kind of teased leading up to his his budget address, um, you know, 10 percent income tax cut primarily geared towards uh, low and middle income earners. That's something that definitely clashes with the Republican proposal for a flat income tax. Um, so we'll see that sort of develop. Increases to K-12 funding, that's always been a big, big uh, component of the governor's previous budgets. This one, bigger than those even. So definitely trying to work some of that surplus funding into the into the upcoming budget. And then, you know, a lot of other sort of items, you know, big numbers on broadband expansion, mental health, workforce. One that was kind of new that he introduced was this uh, creation of like a paid family leave program. So those are all going to be items that will obviously become talking points in the next several months as we head towards that final document. And about the family, the family leave uh, proposal that Governor Evers wants. That I mean, that is would be an investment by the state, right, to give parents time off after they have a kid. Uh, paid being the key word there. Is there any support for that kind of big bold policy proposal? Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely an interesting topic, and and I think we'll be one to keep an eye on in the coming months. Um, you know, we leading up to the November election, which Evers obviously won. There were several Republican candidates, uh, including uh, Tim Michaels, who won the primary and then lost in the general, who had said he would sign a paid family leave uh, bill. Uh, obviously, he's not governor currently. Evers has proposed something similar. Uh, we're still kind of working on getting all the details on that. It seems like, at least from what we know, the proposal would include a sort of a one-time seed funding to create the program. And then, it, yeah, and then, and then moving forward, it seems like it would be uh, supplemented through kind of employer-employee contributions, kind of similar to the unemployment benefits program that the state operates. So it seems like it's crafted in a way that would potentially make it sustainable. And it's different than the federal laws, just in that you can get time off in the federal law, but you don't get paid. But, yeah, right, right. The basics of it are, seems like it would offer 12 weeks uh, paid family medical leave. Seems like it would apply to most, if not all, public, private sector employees in the state. I feel like it's such a signal to the moment that we're having and the pandemic. I'm sure what legislators and the governor is hearing is from people who are really spread thin, like being working from all the sorts of things that go into parenting. Just knowing that the pandemic like knocked out so many women from the workforce too. Like there were just lots of hard decisions to be had. And uh, I do think it's interesting that this kind of comes out, right? Like that this is the first kind of the big, the big uh, topic. Well, I think you bring up an interesting point in that the state, yes, has uh, this big surplus and is in a good financial health, but uh, it doesn't often feel like that. But before we dive any further into the state budget debate, 
Sounds like Bianca is already getting ready for the weekend. He's the education governor, right? Former principal, teacher, superintendent? Yeah, yeah. Long, long resume in education. You know, and I think it was way back in August, you know, before the November election that that he had kind of unveiled his increase in K-12 uh, funding plan. So it, it wasn't necessarily like a surprise by any means. But you talked about internet, high, increasing access to high-speed internet before that, which is a part of the picture for education and people having access to educational resources online, right, right. <laughs> access to everything. Yeah, right? yeah. Republicans seem to think that there should be some increase for K-12 through education, but where is that debate at? School, how will schools benefit, you think, when a budget is ultimately passed? Yes, you're right. Uh, I think Republicans have also expressed willingness to increase uh, funding for education. Back when the governor had unveiled his initial proposal for increased spending, it was lower than the number he uh, included in the final budget proposal. But even at that point, Republicans were saying, that's more than we want to spend. Uh, so, uh, you know, obviously the Republicans have a, a ton of power in the actual budget writing process. I mean, they're going to be holding the reins for the next several months before it eventually gets back to the governor. And I may be completely wrong, but it seems like one of the areas for kind of that potential quote unquote compromise would be uh, around the topic of increased spending for public schools with some sort of uh, caveat that includes expansion to school choice, which is obviously something that Republicans have been calling for. The messaging that Republicans have about school choice is people are like, hey, the money follows the student, right? They can take whatever investment the state is giving to the school and they can take it and do whatever they want with it. And Democrats in public schools really worry about that. So where are we at in terms of school choice and how does that factor into everything? You know, I think there was an item in the governor's budget that essentially freezes enrollment or, or tuition to to charter schools. So essentially, and you know, he's made that proposal in the past. He essentially the governor does not want to see that expand beyond what it is at. But if Republicans are going to kind of play that sort of kind of hardball there and say, well, yeah, that's we want- their bar- their bargaining chip potentially right. for school funding. It's really interesting. Wisconsin is one of the special states that actually has public education enshrined in its state constitution. And I feel like Evers trying to fund or trying to focus on making sure we bolster public resources for our public education is huge. GOP Republican Jesse Rodriguez in the press conference afterwards was saying that Republicans more that they're going to want to put the student first and prioritize academic achievement. But I feel like it would be hard to argue that the governor is not trying to offer pathways to increase achievement and for students. Well, maybe a good thing to ask you, Mitch, is education funding going to be the big debate moving forward with Republicans or is it going to be something else? Oof. Uh, to be determined, I think education is definitely going to be a big one, um, you know, and that was a big one last uh, last budget session. I think it's going to come down to, I mean, if you, if you really want to boil it down to a, a couple of major issues, I think education funding, school choice, and then also I think this... Uh, tax cuts are going to be big. I think that's that's probably going to be the the most dominating one. And, and I think what's so interesting on that or, or what will be is just how far apart both sides are on that. Because at the end of the day, there has to be something that the governor can sign uh, or, or will sign. 
So Republicans want this kind of seems pie in the sky and veto and Evers says he'll veto it. They want flat tax, just basically across the board, right? Everyone gets a cut and Evers is more targeted in the middle class and working class and, and actually raises taxes on high earners, right? Yeah. I mean, yes. I think some of it is kind of through the, without getting too deep into the weeds, you know, there, there would be a cap on the manufacturing and agriculture credit. That's a maybe 10 year old tax credit currently. The argument against that, uh, at least for supporters of that that tax credit, is that that would hinder you know economic development or growth, add taxes to manufacturers and business owners. Man, our time is too short. What happens next in this budget debate? Because this uh, the, the governor's proposal is is just the opening salvo, right? Now now it's in the hands of the Republicans who run the legislature. So essentially. You know, the first thing that's going to happen is we're going to get uh, an analysis of the governor's budget from the Legislative Fiscal Bureau. They're going to kind of detail department by department, you know, what changes, what's the overall financial impact, et cetera, et cetera. From there, the state budget committee, which is run Republican majority, will craft what the final budget is going to look like when it goes back to the governor's office. Can I ask a question <laughs> about that? Like how much... Is the public involved? Because this is just the beginning of the conversation, right? right? The governor had held several uh, public listening sessions and, and collected input from residents leading up to his budget. The budget committee is going to do the same. They're going to have hearings, public meetings, probably all over the state is generally the practice. Collecting in, you know, input from residents on what they want to see. I'm sure they'll get you know feedback on items in the governor's budget that they support. They'll probably get feedback on items that they're not so fond of, and then from there, then we'll start hitting those budget committee meetings, and then we basically just go department by department. Sounds real <laughs> riveting, real fun, Mitch, and you'll be covering it all. Thank you for doing this reporting. Uh, we'll be following it closely, and we just appreciate your time and learning more about what's happening with the state budget. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. That was Bianca Martin and Mitchell Schmidt, state government reporter for the Wisconsin State Journal. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. This podcast is hosted by Bianca Martin and produced by Molly Stentz and me, Dylan Brogan. Music is by Carl Christensen. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell Republican Assembly Speaker Robin Voss about us? You can also get more news delivered right to your inbox from our friends at Madison Minutes. We'll be back Tuesday morning with more news from around the city. Monday is President's Day. Did you know that? Maybe I should buy a mattress. We're taking the day off, but we'll see you on Tuesday. CityCast out. Whoa.